And welcome to your Friday. You know what that means. It's almost time for the weekend, and it's time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, the lo- alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And as we continue our focus on the sanctity of human life, um, today we're going to talk about the gift of kids with special needs. You know, sometimes uh, the world would tell us that um, children with disabilities are less than perfect, and uh, there's even a statistic that says 90% of all babies that are diagnosed with Down syndrome before birth do not see life because they are aborted. Wow. And so what we want to do on this uh, podcast is continue to shine a light on a life issue that's very near and dear to my heart, the gift of kids with special needs, because I am one of them. I I spend my whole life so far in a wheelchair. And those of you who listen with regularity know this. Um, and I allude to it from time to time. I don't focus on it because I don't feel like it's the main thrust of my ministry, but it is something that is near and dear to my heart. And as we get into this, we're going to talk with a friend of mine who has um, several deaf children and talk about some of the adventures and trials that go along with that. Her name is Darlene Anderson, and we will get to her in just a moment. But first, Adam has our quote of the day. All right, it says here from the book of Luke, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. It's Luke 14, verses 12 through 14. All right. And the reason I chose this is because, again, as we were talking about earlier, uh, people uh, generally give to those who can give to them. That's kind of a human understanding of the way that we do things. And we're all guilty of this in a certain degree. But Jesus is telling us to give out of a love for him and because it's the right thing to do, not necessarily for what we will receive. So that's why I picked this verse. And because some of the, you know, most disabled people that I know are really blessings in disguise. If you take the time to get to know them, and even if they don't ever do anything particularly to benefit your life in what the world would say would be beneficial, uh, you can still be benefited by learning to be a servant, by learning patience, by learning to put others before yourself. And so that's why I chose these verses. Adam, do you have any thoughts? I think that's, honestly, I don't know how much more I could add to that. I think that is spot on, and those are perfect verses to pick for this. All right, well, we will get into our main interview segment then. Um, it's my privilege to welcome Darlene Anderson to the show. Uh, she and her husband have nine children, six of whom are deaf, and we used to go to church together. Um, I haven't seen her in a good number of years, so I will learn a lot in this conversation as well as the listener. But welcome to the show, Darlene. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about your family for starters? Well, as you said, my husband and I have nine children. We have four boys and five girls between the ages of 13 and 28. 
our oldest two boys were born with normal hearing and not having a family history of deafness we weren't expecting anything but uh, normal hearing children and so at the time of the birth of our third son they did not have the mandatory hearing screening at the hospitals like they do now and so we took him home thinking everything was normal like I had mentioned and um, we began to see little subtle differences from early on I remember making a comment to one of my friends that he definitely was not going to be an auditory learner that he was very visual and everything he did Within the next few months, we noticed some vestibular difficulties as well, and so I decided I needed to take him in and have him tested, and that's when it was confirmed that he was deaf. And I remember thinking at the time that he was fearfully and wonderfully made, and that um, God had a plan for him, and this is the way God made him, and that was okay, and I would just do whatever I could to help him. But after him, the Lord gave us five more deaf children before our youngest uh, daughter was born with normal hearing. And during the years that uh, these five were um, coming into the world, it became more difficult to be energized and to trust because it was just hard work. And um, it was hard for me to understand why God was doing it again and again. And um, it took me a while to come to the point where I realized that uh, God wanted me not only to accept the way they were, but to be thankful for how he had made them. And um, so in, in coming to that, I think that made, at least emotionally, it made it much more difficult or more easy. It made it easier for me, but um, there was still the difficulty, of course, and the hard work and getting them through. But God's grace was very good for to us at that time. And today, um, all of my six children function as people who are nearly hard of hearing. They all have bilateral cochlear implants. They have all learned to play a musical instrument. Some have completed college and have gone on into adulthood. Wow. And so we are transitioning into an exciting time in our life and where we are now. Um, but every phase has been quite an adventure for us, and I'm sure this one will be too. Well, thank you very much for that. You know, I, I can resonate with a lot of what you were talking about as far as personal acceptance of my disability, I couldn't start to achieve until I realized that there were certain things I couldn't change. And God showed me that I wasn't responsible for what I couldn't do, but I was definitely responsible for what I could do and to slack off of that because it wasn't what I thought I should do was a bad idea. So I definitely resonate with that. Um, looking back uh, before before this all started, can you remember anything specific that now, as you look back at it, you might say God did to prepare you for this adventure? Well, if I were to look back over my life, I'd say God has 
definitely kept me and cared for me and has taught me a lot of things just through trials. So I'm not sure if I can think of anything specific, but Ephesians 2 tells us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So, yes, I guess I believe God works in our lives and brings us into and through trials and makes us more complete in Christ. But I do remember when I when I was expecting our first child that I was wrongly thinking that I would not be able to handle a child with special needs. But um, all those thoughts changed quickly when um, our first deaf child was diagnosed. And I think at that time I realized that I needed to trust in his grace. And 2 Corinthians 12 reminds us that the Lord's grace is sufficient for us and that his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So in light of this, God's grace given daily and, and my love for my children were probably what kept me going and doing what was best for them. Well, that's great, and uh, this is kind of a related thing, but um, how did your faith in Christ help you deal with this? And one of the reasons that I ask this is because I've heard that um, 80% of couples that deal with having disabled children, it ends in divorce. It's one of the highest reasons why people divorce, and not only do you have one disabled child, as my parents had, but you have six of them. So just... If you could elaborate a little bit more on how your faith in Christ gave you a little bit different perspective than the world has and helped you through this. Well, I heard somewhere, I think when I just had one deaf child, that um, that God had given me a new mission, and it was going to be a unique mission. And so I tried to focus on that that was my mission for um, life, and and that mission was to teach my children first to hear and then to speak and then to blend into society. And my ultimate goals, I think, for my hearing-impaired children were the same as they were for my normal hearing children, and that was that we would raise them up to be godly and productive in this world. And so by trusting in God's sovereignty, which was always something that... Um, I came back to, it was a very important thing to me, and his goodness and his grace um, it helped me through those difficult days. I relied on a, a lot on some special passages, I think sometimes daily. Um, for instance, James 1, 5, and 6, where it tells about needing wisdom, and I desperately needed wisdom, and so I went to that, and Psalm 90, the Psalm of Moses, which just reminds us who God is and what he has done. And, of course, 2 Timothy 1, 7, which tells us that he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I think, I, I think those things help me to keep bringing my children back to God. And um, my husband was um, very good at supporting me and in the work and allowing me to spend the time with them that I needed to spend. And what has been the most challenging aspect of raising deaf children? Well, I think that teaching six children how to hear before you can even teach them language and then how to be their own advocate was definitely a challenge. But 
I think the greatest challenge was probably the painful observations of not being accepted and even mistreated because they were not normal. Even well-meaning individuals can be annoyingly unkind. And it started for them even at a very young age. And I know one of them even had struggles in college because of that. I think humans, and I think you mentioned this earlier, they do not feel a natural love for the imperfect. And my answer to my children was always to bring them back to who they were in Christ. And Romans 5 addresses this well as it talks about the the peace we have through God because of the grace that he has given us. And um, he brings us into sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And um, we know that God's love has been poured into our hearts through Jesus Christ because what he's done for us on the cross. So... um, as I had to remind my children that, I also had to remind myself that, too, because as a parent, it is a very painful and difficult thing to do. Everyone wants to be able to boast on their children and and in that way, but um, when your children aren't doing what other children can do, um, it that made it more difficult. I definitely think that my dad can relate to that because... When he, when he found out he had a son, I'm sure that he was thinking about the the baseball we would play in the yard and the other things that fathers and sons do together that we weren't able to do, at least in the conventional way. Um, and there were times when he was frustrated where that kind of came through. But fortunately, I ultimately knew that my father cared about me, that he loved me, and that he knew that God had a special plan for my life, and I'm seeing it unfold today. Um, so I want to encourage you to continue to encourage your children uh, because God God has special plans for everyone, and it becomes a platitude. It's something that Christians say, but I'm seeing it happen, and I think it's very exciting. Adam, do you have any questions or comments? I, I actually do, Darlene, yeah. Um, it's interesting how you mentioned about you know when your kids were maybe out in public and just seeing how maybe they weren't exactly, I guess you could say, accepted by others. If there's someone listening right now and their kid has a deaf child in their class or knows someone in the neighborhood, how can those parents kind of teach their kids how to act towards the child who is deaf? Obviously with, you know, love and kindness, but uh, as a parent, what would you like to see others treat your kids as? Well, some of that, um, you know, my, my children, like I said, they're older now, but um, I remember, if I can just give an example, I guess, um, when my children were young and I had one daughter who um, was, uh, well, I think all of them went through this, but this one in particular, the children in her, um, actually her Sunday school class, <laughs> would not sit by her or anything. Um, you know, I think they just thought there's something different about her, so they really shied away from her. And one little girl went home and told her mother how she was watching that, and it made her feel sad. And the mother very wisely said, then you can do something about it. You can befriend her. And... 
those two became very close friends all through school. And, you know, because I think there's sometimes a fear with the other children that they can't get to know that person. And what they don't realize is they're a child first. You know, the handicap is second. And so they still have the same um, inward struggles and they still have the same joys over things that every other child has. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important for parents to help their children to understand that when they see a child who has special needs. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, it's very insightful. And again, I can really relate on a personal level with a lot of what you're saying. I know that I have dealt for most of my life with the presuppositions of other people. And one of my goals, uh, with the ultimate goal of God being glorified, is to constantly be an example of shattering stereotypes and making people rethink how they view people with disabilities as they see me uh, striving uh, for excellence in the things that I do and how I try to keep busy with different activities. Um, just a few more questions and then we will finish up. Are there any hidden blessings that you've discovered through this journey of raising these deaf children? Well, this might seem a, a little bit um, unusual, but I think one of the blessings was the lessons we learned along the way. Uh, one thing we learned was to sell celebrate small progress. So for some, the race is measured in baby steps rather than long strides, and I think that's how it was for my children. And I, I can remember one time jumping up and down and shouting when one of my daughters finally recognized and turned to her name at two and a half years old. But 20 years down the road, uh, we also know that she heard her name when we cheered for her. She walked across the stage to receive her diploma after completing college. So, you know, there's, you know, uh, blessings and, and just knowing that, you know, the slow and steady do finish the race. Um, another lesson we learned was to laugh at life. A sense of humor goes a long way. And we um, laughed at little things. We had our own um, family dictionary of words that my children um, misused words or how they how words came out that no one except us knew what they were and now um, as they're adults and, and older teens we can look back and laugh at our, our little family dictionary of words But um, so there are things um, I think just seeing our children grow up and um, work at uh, Serving the Lord is probably a big blessing, too. When things get rough, as I'm sure they have been, uh, do you have a favorite Bible verse that you go back to over and over again? I know you've mentioned a few, but... Well, actually, um, during one of my pregnancies, I was reading through Psalms, and I came to Psalm 86, and it's a prayer of David, and the whole Psalm became very special to me, and I read it very often, uh, and it was encouraging to me just to go over it but in the psalm david begins by asking god to listen to him and he he tells him that he's trying to glorify and serve him but it's difficult because of the internal and external external struggles he has but in the end 
he knows that God's with him because God gives him the strength that he needs. I think often we want God to take away our difficulties, but that's not how we grow or glorify God. I know one one of my friends once asked me, why does God always get out his two-by-four? And I said, well, he doesn't always, but often the still small voice doesn't work, so the two-by-four has to come out. Um, but you're very right. We often don't learn through smooth waters, unfortunately, so God gives us trials to grow through them. And like you said, rather than saying, God, take me out of this trial, the more appropriate prayer is often, God, what are you trying to teach me through it? Because he's not necessarily trying to lead us away from it as much as he is trying to make us better for it. All right, well, I just have one final question, and it's kind of related to some of the stuff we've already discussed. But could you speak to someone who may have just found out that their child is deaf or has another special need? What would you say to them? Well, I think the first, that person, the most important thing is, and this was difficult for me, but you have to understand that God loves and cares for your child even more than you ever could. And because of that, we can trust him. Um, also, we have to understand that, um, as I did, that God has just given them a ministry. And this is something that they're going to need to pour their life into now. And, um, and in doing that, realize the more time you invest in this child while they're young, the easier it will be for them when they're adults. And that was one thing that um, I tried very much was not to baby my children, but to help them to learn that they had to be disciplined and to be strong because life was not going to be easy for them. And um, also, they would need to remember that, as I said before, blessings come from being thankful for the small progress because they can't look for... Um, their child to maybe make leaps and bounds in whatever they're um, trying to do. And again, as I said, too, to learn to laugh. Um, I do want to add, though, however, as, as far as those that have uh, a deaf child, that technology has advanced tremendously in the last 25 years since my first son was diagnosed. And now even infants can be implanted and they can grow up with no delays. And, but I, I know that there's a lot of children with difficulties out there that, that technology may have not uh, reached that area and um, things are not going to be as easy as just getting a cochlear implant and, and um, learning to deal with uh, parts and doctors and those things, but there's a lot of other things going on. and. So, again, they have to really trust that God understands he's made that child special for them, and, and it's, it's up to them to um, do the best that they can for that child. Well, thank you very much. There is one brief question that I wanted to ask that I realized isn't on here, but could you just briefly, as we end, uh, talk about how having these um, disabled siblings or different abled siblings is a better way to put it, affected your uh, children with normal hearing? Um, well, I, I think it has made them, you know, more conscious and aware of things. My youngest daughter uh, became the ears for um, her siblings, and 
You know, when I would call them, I would always call her, even at a very early age, go round everybody up, tell them to come, you know. Um, so it's helped them to have an understanding of difficulties, and I think that they are more conscious of of children with different needs and um, more compassionate. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Well, we're going to finish up here. I hope that you really enjoyed that conversation with Mrs. Darlene Anderson and that you've realized that God has a plan for every child, whether they have a special need or not. And in reality, we all need each other. Some of us just realize it at a greater level than others. So I just wanted to encourage you with that as we continue on with this month of focusing on the sanctity of human life. We'll finish up next time with a roundtable on the tough and serious subject of miscarriage. For speaking for him, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving the best of masters. Your executive producer is Adam McNutt. Have a great weekend.